This is episode 103 of Patrick Jones Baseball, and on this episode, I'm going solo. I'm talking about the kinematic sequence. I'm talking about movement screens and why they're so important. Um, talking about you know how you practice, how you train, blocked versus random practice, going into uh, getting better and growing as a player um, and as a coach for that matter. And I think it's a it's a really valuable episode. It's, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty pretty happy with with how it turned out. And I think um, for everyone listening, I, I hope you feel the same way. That's my ultimate goal for doing this podcast. And um, again, really appreciate it for everyone who's listening. Like I said, the podcast grows by a lot of word of mouth. So if there's only thing I can ask you is just please share this uh, this podcast with just one person. Just one person um, share the podcast with who you think might be interested. And again, that would be uh, that would be awesome. That's all I ask. So here is the episode with me. I'm currently in Phoenix, Arizona. Reason why I'm doing a solo episode is I legitimately just couldn't find a guest to do the episode with. I was supposed to do it with a couple different people. Last second, they ended up uh, dropping out. Honestly, it's not a big deal at all. I look at it more as a blessing in disguise. So I'm going to kind of go over what I've learned so far in the past uh, month or so, a couple months, I'd say, and just kind of review um, everything that's kind of going on in the game, especially uh, more so towards hitting more than anything else. Um, one of the things that has really, really taken over hitting lately is uh, something called K-Vest. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. Um, if For those who haven't, or even if you have and don't know a ton about it, essentially what K-Vest is, is a 3D motion capture system. Um, that shoots out a graph, and it's called the, the kinematic sequence graph. And this graph is really, really important because it tells us how efficient a hitter is. Okay, so essentially there's four different sensors that you place on your body. There's one that you put on uh, your like a backpack, and the sensor's in the back, um, and it, it's for your uh, thorax. There's one right below your belt. That's for your pelvis. Um, there's one on your on your front arm. That's for um, the lead shoulder. And then there's one that you actually put the strap on your lead glove, batting glove, and that will track your hand and the bat. So it's really, really interesting and cool. And I've been able to really get some really objective feedback on what some of the hitters I'm working with and what they're doing and it helps a lot for especially for younger it helps younger kids and older kids um, especially professionals and and college players who are really advanced as well because there is no subjective uh, feelings you know my whatever I think is going on in the swing um, it doesn't really matter Uh, it just it's it the data is the data. The data is the data, I should say. And it's really, really um, good information that I really like to use. You can see the sequence that they're in. It kind of, there's different parts. You can get, you can go in and see um, actual graphs. There's a pelvis graph. There's a spine graphs. There's all sorts of things that all have value. And so essentially, it's, it's not the only piece to the puzzle for hitting. Um, but it's an important piece. And it, it measures efficiency. And to me, Efficiency is, you know, how well, how often can you uh, repeat your swing? And I know you can't exactly repeat it every single time, but how close can you be 
Um, what's your swing looking like for different um, speeds and different pitches? You know, how efficient can you transfer the energy up um, from the ground up all the way through the bat? And another that leads me into another point with the Kinemax sequence and with the KVS. What it does is is your different speed gain. So there's a speed gain for each segment from your pelvis right to your thorax to your lead shoulder and so what you can see on the graph is is if there's a distance between your pelvis and your thorax right if you have some separation and which is a really really good thing between each two that's that's good now for a lot of younger kids i won't see a ton of separation so the graph looks the more you more you look at the graph it shows up more and more common themes and for younger kids a lot of a lot of the uh the dots or their peak speeds which show up as dots at the very um, highest of the valley, they're all really close together because they don't have the um, stability and to really uh, separate, have any hip shoulder separation sometimes. And there's just, there's not a lot of uh, peak speeds um, in their graph. So for, but for other players, it can be really, really valuable. Um, well, it's valuable for those kids too, but there's just, you kind of sometimes you're like, what, what do you, what do I need to work on? You need to get stronger. Like plain and simple, like we can go over some exercises you need to do, but plain and simple, you need to get stronger. Now for um, higher up players, it can be really valuable because you, the graph essentially shows um, there, you know, all the lines. And so you can see what is going on before contact. So the first line is, you know, heel plant, then it's first move, which is your forward move towards a pitcher, and then there's another line for contact. So you can kind of see what's going on and what each line is doing uh, at heel strike, at first move, and then at contact as well. So it's really, it can be really, really helpful. You can see if if your bat is going um, you know, in front of the pelvis, that's going to more more so not can be like a, a pushy swing, um, you know, knob to the ball type of a, a deal right there. So the more, more and more I look at the graphs, the more they make sense. Um, I did go and buy a K-Vest. They're not cheap. They're $5,500. But again, if, if I can really just help more players and uh, not have to guess, very, very valuable. Like I said, just having the K-Vest isn't isn't the end all be all it doesn't tell the whole story but it is um very important um what else what else i like to do is i like to pair it with video so i'll pair it with video and once you start doing that you can really pick up on different things with the graph so it kind of helps you learn about more so about the lines with the graph and how to help players um so I will I will do that. I've been doing that a lot more lately, and I've talked to some people, and they get when you get really really good, it gets to a point where you really don't even necessarily need to see a ton of video. You can kind of look at the graph first, and then kind of you know you can pretty much predict what the swing actually looks like, which is pretty crazy to uh, to even think about. So we got the video. K vest, so we've got both of those aspects. The last thing I really like to look at when looking at a player is a, is a, some sort of movement screen. Now, like I said, I'm recording this in Phoenix, Arizona. I just attended on base. You, uh, Dr. Greg Rose, uh, led the um, led the charge with this uh, conference and was was fantastic. Learned a ton of new things, and it really, really kind of showed me more than anything how important it is that we understand how the body moves and to be be able to identify deficiencies in a hitter because if we can do that then we just we we can help them even more 
for example, throughout my career, um, and I hate this, I hate to be, have this about me, but it's just an example. And, and Dr. Rose actually called me up to, um, to the, uh, in front of the room to do a couple tests, just randomly picked me. And there's a couple different tests that, that, uh, that are one specific test that you can kind of test for internal rotation for each hip. And what they do is you, you, uh, they, you take one of your feet and you, you kind of separate your feet about one foot length apart. And then you place a bat down in the middle handle with the handle down in the middle, not the barrel, but the handle. And so without actually moving your hips, you just move your feet, have your hands on your hips, you move your feet, um, you try to lift your, your toes up, your foot up with the heel on the ground and see if you can kind of reach over and touch the bat. I wasn't even close, not even close. So limited internal rotations, as for me as a right-handed hitter, that could mean uh, a couple of different things. And then what he had me do is it takes some couple of dry swings in front of the um, everyone in the, the audience who was there. And immediately some things stuck out. I was swaying over my backside, which I heard my entire career. I'm no longer playing, but it just it's, it all starts to make more sense now. So I was swaying over my backside. I was losing some space there. And then what I would always do is I can't tell you how many times I was told in my career to stop lunging at the baseball. Quit lunging at the baseball. Stay back, stay back. Well, my my left hip, my front hip is so tight, I legitimately couldn't the way my foot landed like because I couldn't rotate fully around my front hip. So one of the, the cool things and one of the things I've actually started to do this before with some of my players um, in the past couple of weeks is I will – have them open up their front foot, not their whole leg or knee when their front foot lands or front leg lands, but just open up their front foot a little bit, um, open more, a little bit more towards the pitcher. So when that foot lands, they can rotate around that uh, that lead hip a little bit better. Being able to really help see some really huge improvement. Same thing uh, with, a, with, a, with a back hip as well. That could be a thing where if I were playing, I would open up that back foot a little bit more towards the catcher so I wouldn't be um, swaying as much, which can cause a lot of players to get stuck, um, not know when, you know when to exactly go forward, more guess. It can lead to so many different things, and that's where like, the body-swing connection really comes into play. Is There's so many things that uh, play into the fact of, of being a good hitter, and it's, it's really easy to just take two different videos on a screen and just say, you're, you know, you're not in this position, look at Albert Pujols, he's in this position, you need to get here. Well, that doesn't tell the whole story, and that's kind of what the the big emphasis with the movement screens is, is is you, you have, like, yeah, we want him to get in that same position, but if he physically can't, like, for example, I couldn't, like, I, I, was, I would always sway over my backside um, because of my, my hip being so tight, so I, I really couldn't actually load around my back hip. I just physically couldn't. So by just looking at video, it's not enough. We need to understand how they move. And by understanding how we move, we can do a couple of different things. Um, we can kind of set them up, right, and kind of explain to them, like, okay, like, look, here's the situation here. You know, for example, my, for myself, my lead hip is very, very tight. You can, A, we can do this. We can go see a PT, physical therapist, and we can kind of get that checked out, really worked on, or we can really try and work around it right now. And maybe, like I said, that was just an example of what I would do is just have them open up their front foot a little bit more towards the pitcher. So that's what I would normally do with a player is, but I would give them the option like, look, hey, I can send you to go see a PT, work on it. But if we need to get the job done now and the season's here or whatever, then we can work around it. And there's so many different things 
that's just one example. I mean, there's things with the upper body, um, with torso rotation, if you're limited there. There's things with the arm, if you're limited there, with your wrists. Um, had actually a big leaguer come to the, the front, and he was limited with uh, with his wrist and, like, what positions he could get it in. And so he kind of actually was just messing around and, and taught himself how to hold the bat differently after struggling for having his worst year in the major leagues. So the following year, he actually, like, started to grip the bat differently, and then he ended up going back, being right back to where um, he was before that. We don't have to do that now because we have the understanding to do these movement screens. And so that's why I really think that they're important. And again, it's just, it's a really important piece. So when I look at a player for the first time, the first thing I'll do is I'll, I will look at their swing mechanics first. I'll look at their swing mechanics online. If I like what I see or just whatever, I'll, I'll kind of, we'll kind of talk about it. But um, immediately is I'm going to do that, that physical assessment on them, that screen. And again, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not a strength and conditioning coach. That's not my lane. I, I stay in my lane, but I do have the ability to screen players and like understand and identify their deficiencies. So that's a huge help. And then again, like I said, I can, we can, I talk to the player. If he wants to get extra help, I will send him to somebody else because that's just not, there's a reason like people in physical therapy studied for as long as they have, you know, that's their area, mine's hitting. So it's just, it's way cleaner that way. And I'm not trying to do everything. I'm just trying to be, you know, the best hitting coach I can be. Um, really covered a lot with that, with the kinematic sequence right there and how important it is, but it's really something that's taking over baseball right now. I know a ton of organizations have it. Um, shoot, KVS should be paying me as much you know for for kind of going out on a limb here in front of thousands of people who are going to listen to this and it should i should get a cut back i need to talk to uh, to one of those guys there but it's it's a really cool thing and it's something that i, I think is really going to take over baseball in the future i would like to to say something about the k vest um that i i misspoke on uh, on Twitter before, and so I need to, to kind of come back. So I, I got the K vest uh, about a month or two ago, and I uh, I talked to a few people about the K vest and about because the first thing I wanted to know is okay, this is awesome, man. Like uh, major league players, like yeah, they're all in sequence, this and that. Um, and so that's what I was kind of going off of, and then I talked to a couple different people. I'm not going to name who they were, who had who had tested major league players and they were like actually JD Martinez is out of sequence Mookie Betts out of sequence so I was like what the hell like what's the point of of everything and so I actually went on online and 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 actually said that um that those guys were out of sequence and some of the information that I'm now gathering was they were out of sequence for one or two swings but you need to take 10 swings and for the majority of those 10 swings that they were in sequence. So sometimes pitch context context comes into play. And so I misspoke on that. Those guys um, are actually in sequence for the most part. I talked to Dr. Rose about that and that's kind of what he told me because I you know, wanted to ask about that. I was just curious and just wanted to you know, make sure the information that I was putting out there was correct. Um, so what he, what he essentially does is he takes 10, like after about 10 swings on a pitching machine, 
um, you can uh, some similarities really start to, to pop up with with the um, the kinematic sequence graph. And so for one or two of those, like yeah, they were out of sequence, but for the majority, they were in sequence. So I really wanted to say that because I didn't want, um, like I said, some misinformation out there. That's just um, I just wanted to clear that up. And so. Mike, I've been told that Mike Trout's graph is pretty much perfect, which surprise, surprise there, um, him being the best player in the world. So uh, it's kind of like a lot of people call it the, the BS meter, the kinematic sequence is you can, I, I've put players on there that have ugly swings, that they're just not very good athletes. And you, when you would look at their swing, like we need to change this, we need to change that. And actually they're pretty efficient. They're actually very efficient in how, um, and there, and that just it just shows up on the kinematic sequence graph. So there's sometimes I'm actually not going to necessarily change a bunch of things because just because again video can be very misleading at times. It doesn't tell the whole story. It tells part of the story, yeah, but it doesn't tell the whole thing. And that's where all these anti-technology guys come in and you know match up with the greats, this and that. Well, first of all, I think video is technology. The last time I checked, so they can you know they can say that they're not for technology, but they are actually using technology. So that that's another thing that, that blows my mind. But that's another podcast. Um, so it's it, it's technology is a tool. It's a it can be very very valuable if applied correctly. Um, it doesn't replace coaches. It just helps them. So uh, the human element will be, always be number one. No doubt about it, especially um, depending on you know the player. But for the most part, if a player you know knows that you care about them and you're a good person, and you're I mean you're just you're you're in it for the right reasons, uh, you're, they're automatically gonna, that's trust right there, right? You're building trust right there. But this data, this information, like even if a player, not every player is you know going to be the same so some may may not trust you if you're a nice guy be like look sit him down here's what the data says this isn't you know subjective feedback this isn't my opinion this is just what the numbers say like it doesn't matter like whether you think i'm I'm just telling you like this is straight up the facts so that is another reason why i like using uh data as well and this is this is just the beginning uh baseball is really far behind uh k-motion uh came out with um has been around since 2006 and has just been in baseball for a year. And there's already been, I think, over half of MLB organizations have uh, have purchased one and brought one in. Um, I use it; it's it's really incredible, and I really um, I really like it a lot. I think it's going to be it's extremely valuable for all the players who are listening to this and who always ask me questions on you know how should they train, what drills should they do, everything like that. I think one of the things that um, is kind of weird with baseball, and if you're kind of if you're an outsider coming in, and I told you people in the major leagues throw 98 miles an hour, uh, nasty off speed uh, sliders, you know some 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 of the sliders 80, 40, 6 miles an hour, just whatever, just everything like high high v, high velo for most of the guys 90 plus, and then I said okay, so to get you ready for this. We're going to work on a tee, we're going to throw underhand, and we're going to throw 35 mile per hour batting practice in the offseason. And that, that's going to help you. That's going to get you ready to hit 98 miles an hour with movement. I can't imagine too many people who, are, who, if I told that to 
who are not in baseball would be like, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I can't imagine. So, and that's one of the things that, that I've been really looking into lately is, is in doing lately with some of my players is I challenge a lot of them. Like I, like they're, I don't necessarily want them always leaving feeling good. Okay. There's this thing called fake confidence. And when you leave the batting cage, um, after, you know, raking, you know, 35 mile hour batting practice and just crushing everything and your confidence is high and, you know, on hit tracks, everything's going really, really far. And then, uh, what happens is, is in the game, you'll see, you know, 85, 87, if you're in high school or whatever it is, and you get blown away and you're like, what? Well, it doesn't make any sense. I was so confident. I was feeling so much better. You weren't getting any better. Okay. You weren't getting any better by doing that. Um, so there's this thing called blocked versus random practice, and they've done a lot of studies on this. Um, it's something that I've been looking a lot more into lately. And so essentially, a blocked practice is is something where you know you hit batting practice every single day. So you hit you hit I throw like uh, batting practice 40 miles an hour. You hit my 40 40 mile an hour BP every single day. You're starting to feel really really good. You're feeling confident. Um, you feel like you can, you know, perform better with anybody, outperform anybody. And then there's another kid who is doing what, something called random practice. So he's hitting pitching machines, throwing hard. He's failing a lot. Um, he's hitting sliders. He's hitting, you know, from different angles, different pitch angles, different really tough drills. And he's, but he's, you know, he's getting, he's getting beat up a little bit in there. He's not feeling too good after, after the sessions. Um, his confidence is down a little bit more. What they found is if you, we were to retest in a block practice, yes, the person who hits 40 mile an hour batting practice is going to outperform the person and who is doing random practice. However, the people who practice randomly do the random practice where everything's harder, they're failing more, they're not, they're not as confident when they're leaving, um, they perform better in the game. Hands down, like that's just what all the studies on motor learning, um, how everything is shaping up to be. Like that's just that's just what all the research says. And if you think about it, it makes sense. So really start thinking about how you train. And the problem is, is is we you have these you develop these patterns, and people call them muscle memory. But um, one of the things that Doctor Rose talked about is muscles don't have memory. Okay, it, it all comes from the brain. And so once you develop a motor pattern. Okay, it actually that motor pattern can never, ever go away. It will never go away ever. Okay, what you can do, though, is you can create a new motor pattern. All right. And that's why you'll hear guys like J.D. Martinez, who in the past has, has stated, you know, how and, and just by watching what he does and how a swing used to look. Uh, he's made some huge changes, but if you guys haven't noticed, he videos every single swing, and he gave a recent interview, and he said, you know, the reason why he's always on top of it is he doesn't want those bad habits to creep back in. Those bad habits can always creep back in once you have a bad motor pattern, which is not doesn't mean that you can't make changes. Obviously, he did. It means you have to stay on top of it. it means you constantly, constantly have to push yourself to make sure that those motor patterns um, those bad motor patterns aren't popping up again. So that's something, you know, you really need to start paying a little bit more attention to you're never there. You're never, you're never going to be good enough. You can never kick your feet up. You can never, if someone like JD Martinez 
is videoing every single swing he takes and is that obsessive about hitting and works that hard, if your goal is to get to the big leagues, I mean, uh, you better you better step it up a little bit if you're slacking because there's guys like J.D. Martinez is an example, but there's guys like that everywhere. They're just, they haven't gotten there yet, but they're there, I promise you. And that's why one of the things is, is making sure that you're, you're constantly getting your work in and you need to, you need to make sure that you're getting stronger in the weight room. I've, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this before, but since the StatCast era has gone, um, has happened, there is not one, not one major league baseball hitter who has a max exit velocity under 100. Not one. That is insane. So if you're under 100 right now, that's something you need to be working on. You need to be swinging overload underload bats. You need to be hitting the weight room. You need to be looking at you know your mechanics and seeing how efficient you are. There's a lot of things you need to be doing. And even if you are efficient, and even if you, everything does look good, okay, there's so many other things that you still need to work on because we haven't even talked about plate discipline. We haven't talked about taking pitches. We haven't talked about the mental side of the game. We haven't talked about any of that stuff. And without those things as well, you still can't make it and you still won't have a chance. So that's why this game is so, so hard and why you always need to be constantly learning and constantly pushing yourself um, every single day. And um, there is no better feeling than feeling yourself get better over over time. I'm telling you right now, I've, I've, I've felt it. I felt it in baseball and I felt it in other avenues of my life, whether it be kind of, you know, growing this podcast or doing other things where the more people who listen, the more people who, who email in or send a message saying, you know, how much they, they enjoy it or this or whatever. When, when, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not getting better at what you do, you're just, you're dying. I mean, you really are. And so that's why people always, you know, wonder why the rich get richer. They, they, you have to grow. If you're not, like, if you're not growing, you're, 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 you don't feel very good, no matter how good you are and whatever you do. That's why Michael Jordan pushes himself harder than everybody else. That's why someone like, like JD Martinez, who, yeah, has clearly showed that he's made, you know, transformation and is one of the best hitters in the game, still pushes himself because he still wants to grow. He still wants to get better. And I, what I wish is I wish on social media we were kind of all pulling in the same direction and helping more people than, than letting our ego get aside and having, you know, our, having one catchphrase and having if you don't use that phrase, then, you know, you're a terrible person. That's what I hate about social media. And at times I, I don't even want to get on it, but I have to. So that's, that's one thing I want you guys to really start thinking about is, is continuing to push yourself at the end of the day, because that's going to be extremely important in baseball and beauty, beauty of baseball. And I felt this and you'll hear this a lot is, is it translates into other avenues of life as well, because there's, there's more failure in baseball than pretty much any other sport, actually, no doubt about it. And there's a lot of failure in life and a lot of things that uh, you think will happen or will be big or or for me, I think I'm going to have a big episode <clears throat> and we'll get tons of downloads on a specific episode and then like nobody listens to it. Like there's there's always things and then it, but instead of being down, I, I always take a step back and look and be like, okay, why did this happen? Like what mistake did I make? Like did I not promote it right? Like was there something in the actual interview that happened? Like what exactly happened where why this wasn't big? Same thing with the hitters, all the all the hitters I work with. Why didn't so and so get better? Like why isn't he hitting right now? 
instead of just saying, well, he didn't put in the work, well, maybe it was something we did or I didn't say or I did say or there, there's always, so always first and foremost, look in the mirror first. Okay, always looking in the mirror. And if, if that's, if you looking in the mirror and you know, you know, you did, did every avenue correctly, kind of similar with me. If I knew that, uh, I put out, you know, an episode, for example, and I did everything, you know, I felt the best of my ability and it wasn't uh, a big one, then, okay, on to the next. So, and I know sometimes that's easier said than done, but, um, at the end of the day, that's all you can really do. And it can be tough and frustrating at times, especially for guys who aren't getting recruited. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted uh, Josh Harrison to come on because I've known him for a few years and he didn't get recruited uh, to play college baseball um, until his senior year. If you listen to the episode, he, he clearly talks about that, was going to go to a junior college, but didn't doubt himself, didn't doubt himself. He was just constantly getting better, like I said, continuing to grow, continuing to grow. That's all you can, that's all you can worry about. In this day and age, the beautiful thing about social media and all this and the technology and everything is it's going to be very, very hard to miss you as a player if you're, if you're that good. And I'm not necessarily talking about it for college, okay? Who cares? Who cares if you go to Division Three uh, in the middle of nowhere? Okay, you go to Division Three and you rake, and you dominate, you're going to get found. There's no doubt about it. You're, you're going to get found these days. But, you, you, I mean, you have to dominate, no doubt. But you will get found. So don't worry about the Division One, Division Two. Worry about getting better. If it's meant to be and you're good enough, you're going to get found. There's no doubt about it. So that's all I have for today's episode appreciate everyone who's still listening um, up to this point. Over 100 episodes. Can't believe it. It feels like I just started. Um, if you enjoy the show, uh, one of the biggest way is the way this show grows is by people continuing to share it. Um, so if you could just pick one person and share it, that'd be awesome. Um, again, that's how this show continues to grow more than anything else. So again, appreciate everyone who's listening, and we'll see you next week.